0: CBS Monday. NCIS. Here's what so we can see. Them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Violet island they got here. paradise. And all new crimes to be solved.
1: If you're watching this, I've been arrested.
0: What are the charges? Just one. Murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii Monday, starting at 9 8 Central on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus.
1: Good morning. It's Friday, July 31st, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined again by Chris Hummer, National College Football writer for 24-7 Sports. Chris, this is deja vu. All over again, we have another conference making an afternoon scheduling announcement, although in the case of the SEC, it's a little bit different than the SEC because the SEC will not be playing non-conference games, and thus... SEC ACC action SEC Big Twelve action it's canceled SEC ten conference games that's it what do you think
2: it's I think it's expected news in a lot of ways obviously we saw reports of this and we mentioned on the podcast yesterday that the SEC could be moving to a ten game schedule but I think it's I think it's really intriguing that the day after the ACC left room for the SEC to kind of maintain their traditional rivalries the SEC still said no thanks running go out with the ten game model and I. Personally, I find it interesting how many different kind of scenarios we're seeing play out for how the season's even going to start. We've got the SEC starting in late September. The ACC is going to start September 7th, the week of September 7th. And we've seen reports from the Big 12 that they're going to try to start in August. So we've just got such wide variance in how the schedule is going to work for all of these Power 5 leagues. And I think that's really intriguing heading into a season where there's just so many unknowns.
1: Yeah, so the SEC will start September 26th. That's a Saturday. Uh, It will have its conference championship game on December 19th at Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta, six days before Christmas. That's rescheduled from the original date of the 5th, and then your schedule is going to have one mid-season bye week for each school and one open date on December 12th for all schools, which makes sense so that you have your kind of 14-day Quarantine if you need it uh, before you play your conference championship game. And they're going to keep their divisions. They're not they're not doing what the ACC does. <clears throat> Though you would think that, hey, if things get wonky and Alabama plays two more games than Auburn, blah, 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 win percentage might get factored in for at least maybe that second spot in the SEC title game. And we're seeing that probably going to happen with Major League Baseball. Um, do you think the ACC forced the SEC into doing this or or the other way around, but it sounded like you kind of touched on it. The SEC and the ACC, they had kind of been working in lockstep. The ACC on, on Wednesday jumps out with its release with literal like home, home and away schedules. The SEC caught off guard, not happy about it and doesn't really like that. It's now being the one who has to, has to be the bad guy here and cancel the non-conference games because there are a lot in the sec and acc that matter to people Florida, Florida state kentucky louisville clemson south carolina georgia georgia tech
2: yeah it's that is a great point and i i don't know if anybody's the bad guy here i think the acc i know we were all talking about the acc pulling a power move yesterday and i think that's been kind of the conversation the last 24 hours but Right now, like I kind of think the ACC looks a little silly. They're gonna what? What are they gonna end up keeping on their schedule now? A lot of these buy games, right? Like they're gonna pay a lot of these group of five schools to come to their um, city and play these games, and that's fine. And I'm sure that's gonna help Clemson's argument when it comes to uh, the college football playoff, however the heck that looks this year. But I think the SEC, I think, is fine on its own. Like, If you gave the SEC the choice for the most part, like, would you rather add Boston College to your schedule or would you rather add Alabama? I think 99% of schools are going to pick Alabama and the kind of the draw that could be for the fan base. So that's among the many intriguing elements. I think that's pretty important to point out.
1: You're right, and it looks like the additional SEC games will be just the, the next two for each team's rotation. So that that could be one way they're going to figure that out. And you're right. You talk about yeah, Alabama's a better draw than Boston College. The TV inventory matters this fall. You got to make money, advertising dollars. That matters. You want to present a good product. It, this is not the year for Alabama to be like, eh, yeah, we don't. want to play florida you know that's a that's a tough game for us this is this is the year where the 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 big boys play the big boys play the big boys and you do it every single week and you hope that your schedule is robust and you can sort of save uh, the the hole that all these schools are about to this is
2: kind of a last second update but kind of on that note sports Illustrated is reporting that the sec actually is considering making a separate scheduling model that will be composed by league office based on strength of schedule to determine the two additional opponents. And in this scenario, in this scenario that would obviously kind of smooth out some potential issues with adding just the next two teams in your rotation. Um, that,
1: so like, well, go ahead. strength of schedule. So let's, let's walk through that. Let's, let's, let's figure out what that. So a separate scheduling model. So,
2: Wow.
1: Would well, would that mean like okay, we're going to give Alabama Vanderbilt? Well, I
2: would assume it means Florida doesn't have to play Alabama and Texas A&M this year, ah, which okay. is what the kind of the next um, rotation would have been, and maybe a team like Auburn who gets South Carolina and Mississippi State because their schedule adjusted to be a little more difficult. Um, that way, they're just not super imbalanced. Either way, like I think this is really going to hurt a team like Texas A&M, which had a reasonably as easy as it can get in the SEC West schedule this year. And now with the team for like, this is probably a conversation for another day, a title winning opportunity as a dark horse is going to have to face a much tougher road, most likely. But I think, I think the sec office coming out with something like that makes a heck of a lot more sense than just tacking on the next two people in the rotation.
1: Yeah. I can't wait to f- to see what they're going to do. The ACC did a pretty good job with its graphic of home in a way. We'll see what the sec does real quick. And then I'll let you go. I do have a, a separate interview coming up with Tim O'Malley from, from the Notre Dame yeah, the 24-7 Sports is Notre Dame site, Irish Illustrated, um, and we're going to talk about all that, but l- let's let's just run down, Chris, the games that are officially canceled now as the SEC goes conference. only. In fact, my dad just texted me, um, sad emoji, LSU-Texas canceled. I know, Dad, this was going to be our year. So anyway, Texas-LSU canceled, Tennessee-Oklahoma, Florida State-Florida, Auburn-North Carolina, Arkansas-Notre Dame. South Carolina Clemson, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Ole Miss, Baylor, Mizzou, BYU, Kentucky, Louisville. I know you were excited about Vanderbilt, Kansas State, and also Mississippi State, NC State. That's there, There's many more. I mean, each SEC team had four non-conference games. Like I didn't mention Alabama versus Mercer. But these are all these are all done. And, uh, of course, any game that had included a Pac-12 or a Big Ten opponent had already been canceled. So, uh, you know. You told me in Slack, you're like, maybe maybe conference only is going to be the future. I totally disagree, but I do think this could be an interesting year.
2: Yeah, I think this is going to... I I don't think conference only is the future either because I think so many schools are really reliant on those four non-conference games to make a bowl. Like I, This is probably another topic for another day, but we're going to see a lot of teams that usually go 7 or 8 and 4 or 7 and 5 end up 3 and 7 or 4 and 6 this year because the schedule is just so much tougher and they don't get to pad there. Um, wins against lower tier uh, FBS or FCS schools. I think Tennessee, if you look at the back half of their schedule last year, would be in pretty tough shape uh, under this model. But um, regardless, it'll be interesting when TV deals kind of come up because I think when TV deals and TV contracts and TV corporations can see the fact that they can get 10 quality games that people care about instead of Alabama versus Mercer, I think there might be a bit of a push to have uh, these conferences include more conference-only games. So there's just another element to all of this.
1: That's a fantastic point. A lot of things, you know, you said it a few times, a lot of topics for, for many more days. Thank you, Chris Tommer. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Tim O'Malley is going to tell us what Notre Dame fans' expectations should be now that they are playing a rigorous conference-only schedule, which probably will include Clemson twice. This is Sandra Oreta from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golazo Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and Attacking Third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. women's national team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. We'll also be keeping tabs on the winner transfer window, the Women's Super League, the UEFA Women's Champions League, and elsewhere. Coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more, Attacking Third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third. I'm joined right now by Tim O'Malley of IrishIllustrated.com. Tim, welcome to the podcast. I have to say, you have the perfect name for a Notre Dame football beat reporter.
0: Yeah, yes, I guess that worked out well for me. I can't it's harder to go cover an SEC country if I do that.
1: So, so Notre Dame, we were talking before we we jumped on or pressed record. Like we we spent the last few months in this offseason talking about what's going to happen. What's the ACC going to do? What's Notre Dame going to do? What are all the other conferences going to do? How is this season going to happen? And now that we have some sort of idea, at least, to what Notre Dame's schedule or anybody's schedule might look like, I want to make sure that we're devoting enough time and energy and attention to the nitty-gritty of that. And, And Notre Dame... There are so many compelling layers here, and I touched on a little bit of it yesterday with Chris Hummer, the fact that the ACC and Notre Dame are going to do a little bit of revenue sharing here, and Notre Dame's going to get to play in the ACC title game if it qualifies for it, which surprised me a little bit. But, Tim, when you saw the schedule yesterday, when you saw that Notre Dame was included fully in the ACC, what were your initial reactions?
0: You know, I, I am shocked that the ACC championship game is part of it. Um, the first we heard of that was a subscriber actually brought it to our board on Monday. So I guess I wasn't quite as floored as I would have been, say, last Sunday. Um, I always figured they would get three more ACC games, just with Miami's athletic director immediately saying, "You know, we'd love to have an opportunity to play Notre Dame." I knew the ACC would help them out. I didn't think it would be a full time uh, or a full time one year membership like this. I mean, you got to figure they're eligible for conference awards, <laughs> the ACC championship game. Even the Orange Bowl, if they don't make the playoff, um, I mean, that that's taken a spot. Um, obviously, there'll be revenue sharing, which is much different for Notre Dame if they make the Orange Bowl as part of the ACC than if they would have made it as an independent. Um, I, it's great news for Notre Dame fans. I'm sure some fans of other schools are not that happy about it. But I think if you really consider the world we live in, There was no time for real pettiness. I don't think you're going to do any favors of Notre Dame during the ACC in the future. If you decide to lock them out the one year, they really need help uh, to play some teams. And the reality is Notre Dame probably would have found some teams to play. It just wouldn't have been as as exciting of a schedule as it is now with Clemson and, and Florida state.
1: Up until this point, how has the every sport but football partnership gone with Notre Dame and the ACC?
0: Well, I think fans look at it much differently than athletic directors, obviously. And obviously, uh, you know, Jack Swarbrick, um, seems to have wielded a sword here a little bit with this one. But as I said, I think, I mean, it just makes good business sense. Uh, It's been a great partnership for Notre Dame and every other sport. Um, You know, Mike Bray kind of joked when uh, they've, they've been, they've been down the last two years in basketball, but his second year in there, they won the ACC championship and he, he made the off-collar joke that he was going to take that thing, staple it to the front of his uh, Buick LeSabre and drive up and down Tobacco Road, which we all found kind of
2: funny.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure that was received well, but that that's Coach Bray right there. So, I mean, I, I think it's been great for the, other, um, for the other sports. I do believe it's a one-off, but if you're ever going to get Notre Dame to test the waters, this is an unofficial way of doing it. Um, it would be, I, I'm sure deep down, they'd probably prefer Notre Dame not upset Clemson and win the ACC, but it's this is going to be, It'll be a fun year now. Uh, I, it's a good looking schedule. You know, Notre Dame lost week uh, Wisconsin, USC, and Stanford. Um, it looks like they're going to lose Arkansas and Western Michigan. Those have not been ruled out yet. But as soon as Navy, I think, says yes to to uh, continue that rivalry with Notre Dame, uh, that would end the Arkansas Western Michigan games. I know that uh, Arkansas fans were really looking forward to South Bend, having been on the radio stations down in Fayetteville. But I want to say to anybody listening that's an Arkansas fan, you are not going to get the Notre Dame experience this year anyway with about, you know, greatly limited seating capacity, probably no tailgating or very limited tailgating, uh, just everything be a little limited. So this is the year to miss a game. Um, Notre Dame adding North Carolina, the up-and-coming team, I think, and the ACC is great for Irish fans and Tar Heel fans. Florida State, of course, the next best brand after Clemson, or maybe the best brand, Clemson, the best team. Um, and then there's some familiarity with Boston College and Syracuse they've played in recent years. Uh, there's one little thing with Boston College. Notre Dame's Phil Dracovic, transfer quarterback, could be deemed eligible. I think everybody should get a waiver this year in wake of COVID-19, and that would be something else. It's uh, not having to wait a year and play your former teammates several months later and make a lot of fun for the Boston College game.
1: Yeah, I saw that on, on irishillustrated.com, and it, there are some compelling QB matchups here in the in the new ACC schedule as well. You got Sam Howe playing Florida State, which he was committed to for a while. I think when talking about the schedules. It's interesting. Like I read, I read something on the Miami site. They were pumped to add all these, these tough games. They like Miami was very glad to add Clemson to the mix. So you would assume that's a loss because it's an opportunity. So for Notre Dame, I wonder, Tim, do you think this schedule is now easier or tougher? And is it a bad thing if it's tougher?
0: No, I, I don't think so. I think it's now. There's one weird caveat here that they already had Clemson. So if somehow Notre Dame upsets Clemson, and and you have to be honest with yourself, if you're a Notre Dame fan, look, you've lost seventy thousand fans maybe from that game. Uh, what if the game moves away from November seventh, when you had a chance at cold weather for Trevor Lawrence and? Uh, what if it moves October or September? There's no reason these games won't completely move. I would think that it would be a starting point where you try to keep the dates of the already scheduled games, but it's probably that's easy for me to say. I'm not the one that's reworking an entire ACC schedule. I think the schedule is harder because if Notre Dame beats Clemson, or let's say Notre Dame only loses once and, and the loss is Clemson. They're in the ACC championship game, I would guess. And that's Clemson. So you have two Clemsons, two Clemsons is worth a heck of a lot of Wisconsin's and USC's, right? That's a, uh, that, that's a tough hill to climb to go beat Clemson twice, or I guess if you beat him once and it's the second game, that's what matters. Um, not to anoint Notre Dame at that level yet, I, I think we can assume Clemson. You wouldn't think Clemson would lose enough where they don't reach that game. Um, so I guess nowadays that means just finishing second, the loss of the divisions does make sense for this year. You know, Notre Dame could easily lose two times. Um, we're anointing North Carolina, I think they're gonna be a really good team, but you know, they're just over 500 last year, right? We can't say that they're quite at that level yet when we're, if I don't want to give Notre Dame a spot in the national, in the conference championship game, you can't give it to North Carolina yet. And then Miami of course is, I was really hoping Notre Dame would play Miami, just not in Miami. I've seen that song a few times before as a Notre Dame grad and, uh, covering the team. It doesn't go well down in that neck of the woods for the Irish, but, uh, I thought Miami Norton would play, especially when Miami kind of volunteered. That would be a uh, a game they're looking for, but this is obviously just something that the ACC had to set up. So yeah, if you figure Clemson's taking one spot and you want the other one, your schedule's harder. You, Clemson twice is harder. Just say Clemson twice. That makes it harder.
1: Speaking of hard, like setting expectations for teams in 2020. If you're a fan, I think first and foremost, you'll just be thrilled if they get to play. Right, so right. It, it's it's hard for me to ask you Hey, what are expectations for Notre Dame fans in twenty twenty? Like, what at at what point will they be happy with Brian Kelly? Usually, you would think it's ten wins, a shot at a New Year's Six bowl game, like to make the playoff every three years, every four years, I would guess. Yeah, and now it's I'm assuming, hey, you get one year full time in the ACC, make that conference championship game. That's just from my standpoint, from my perspective. I would I would assume that would be. The minimum requirement for Notre Dame fans, but again, it's such a weird year. It's hard to really hold it against anybody if you finish third or fourth.
0: No, I agree with that. Um, you, I think they would want to make that championship game, and I think they'd like to see the uh, game be very good against Clemson. And if somehow Clemson's not in there, they would demand a victory, of course. But uh, I don't. I think the main complaint um, for fans that have uh, you know tend to be detractors for Brian Kelly, and it is fair, is let's throw, let's forget the Alabama game. That was a long time ago, but they really want to not have a year where they go 12 and 0 and Clemson lays the wood to them They're They have one loss. They have a chance to get back in the playoffs last year and Michigan kills them. That was a, I mean, Clemson was great. They were one of the all-time greatest teams for Notre Dame to get absolutely manhandled by Michigan. It was inexcusable last year. And Notre Dame fans aren't going to forget that if there's another one of those games this year, really, you would think only the Clemson game could be it. I don't, I don't see a road environment that exists where you go in and get overwhelmed anymore. Um, you know, North Carolina is now the best team on paper that Notre Dame plays on the road. Um, Pitt- Pittsburgh, it, it was going to be at USC. And of course, Wisconsin was in Lambeau field. Now Pittsburgh is a very good team. Um, Notre Dame fans are not interested in hearing about Pittsburgh's veteran defense and how it could be hard for Notre Dame. So North Carolina, and Pittsburgh are the best teams they play on the road. Um, Clemson is clearly the best team louisville uh i would put next but florida state you know the, with the new coaching staff uh anything could happen it's not like they're bereft of athletes down there but when i say those teams and everybody else in notre dame is better than you have to think making the conference championship game is the realistic goal it is unrealistic to think they will walk into charlotte and beat clemson um but i think notre dame fans would be very disappointed if clemson outclasses notre dame especially if it happens twice uh As I said, I don't know what home and road means anymore, so I'm not sure about the home field advantage against Trevor Lawrence. If there's 7,000 students screaming and nobody else, and those those cheers might die in the breeze, but it's yeah, I think it's I think it's ACC championship game or bust, and. Then you take your chances against clubs.
1: Yeah, I love your Trevor Lawrence. The scream dies in the breeze line. Uh, you wrote that <laughs> yeah, too. He's not. Uh,
0: he's not going to worry too much about a few students. I no, for these. The only uh, thing that he could worry about is the snow.
1: For, absolutely, uh, you make a funny point. Like that had been hyped up as maybe the game of the year. You get Trevor Lawrence on the road in November. That first week, it's probably cold. Maybe it's snowing. Yeah. It's gonna be really loud. And now it's. It might feel like a. Like a a camp exhibition in mid September, <laughs> I think for Notre Dame we 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 just talked about like the opportunity to to play tough opponents and whatnot. I think the opportunity for na- some national kudos to for Notre Dame to pilot through a conference schedule, I think could could really get them some street cred. Like you said, they they can't lose thirty to three to somebody, but right, right. there there have been at times uh, two years ago when Notre Dame made the playoff probably not Notre Dame's fault, but the back half of that schedule, the teams that usually would put up a challenge, they just weren't good that year. USC, Virginia Tech, what have you. I think this is a chance for Notre Dame to play through a conference schedule and to kind of say, like, hey, in five years down the line, when they're back to being an independent, or in two years when they're back to being an independent, like, yeah, hey, you guys say what you want, but like we went. We, we know what a conference schedule looks like. We, we did that, and we were just fine.
0: I mean, even if you split with Clemson, right, and lose the wrong one, it's still it's still an accomplishment um, in, in terms of gaining national respect. Now, as we know, winning that last one matters a little bit more. Um, that has been the knock for against Notre Dame is they don't have to play that conference championship game, uh, which is nowadays often – I mean, you know, you get rematches in those. I That is one thing I, I don't like about conference championship games. I can't stand the rematch in college football because you kind of had to prove it on the field in that little 12-week span. It's not like other sports – um, it does happen. I, I think it'll happen this year. I think Clemson's rematching somebody in the ACC. Uh, it's 10 power five teams in Navy in an 11-game, 13-week schedule. is a, It's it's a tough thing to navigate when Clemson's included, and you figure you have to be up for all these games. You know, I, I, Western Michigan, look, it offers a little bit of a break, right? I mean, this this is a big deal for other schools, though, too. I mean, Clemson's getting... 10 Power 5 teams, and we assume an 11th in South Carolina. That is the hardest schedule they will have played. Um, the SEC is not probably going to be getting its mid-November week off against the Citadel anymore. I mean, Alabama, is Alabama going to have to go find an ACC team or let's say the Big 12 doesn't does uh, doesn't go com- – if they go conference only in plus one, is Alabama really looking for low-hanging fruit? Is there one non-conference game? I think it's a unique season where – at least the ACC, I mean, we know what Clemson's going to face, right? We know what Florida State, Florida State's going to be drawing Florida as their non-conference game. Notre Dame, maybe easier than those teams. <laughs> so I think it's a, it's a really cool, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, if somebody brought that up to me, you know, that, that's a good rivalry they can keep for this season. Georgia Tech's get Georgia. I, I think it is a, you really got to earn it this year. You can't pad anything. I remember doing something in in March before this hit going into the spring and just seeing some teams that uh, you know, you have to play really good teams to make the playoffs, but boy in September you're out there lining up against a Sunbelt team, an FCS team. Uh, In some cases of teams that are just the ones that just made it into the top 130. they have transitioned from the FCS. There's none of that this year for those top programs.
1: Absolutely. Fingers crossed. I think it, it has the potential to be a special season, no weeks off upsets galore. Maybe a two-loss team, three-loss team makes the playoff. Maybe the playoff expands. And in that case, it will have been been beneficial to play as many good teams as possible, which is what Notre Dame's going to do. Tim O'Malley, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Hey, really appreciate it. Thanks a lot.
1: Okay, that's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. What a busy week. Flew by. Uh, thanks to Tim O'Malley for joining us over at irishillustrated.com. They're doing good work. Notre Dame welcomed them as a member of a Power Five conference this year, so worth keeping tabs on them. For our producer Tony Levitt, I'm Trey Scott. Have a great weekend. We will see you on Monday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.